I'm not sure what your tradition is at Thanksgiving, if you really have any traditions that you do as family and friends, but one thing that we do at my house, every, my parents' house that is, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas is that we have a time of giving thanks. And years ago, my mom got this shoebox and she covered it, decorated it, and somehow found a picture of Jesus and put the picture of Jesus on the box. And so, and she always will cut out little rectangles of yellow slips of paper. And what you're supposed to do is write down what you're thankful for. And that's been going on for many years. And then when it comes time for the big meal, before the big meal, everyone will take a slip out of the box and we'll read it. And we'll always start either from the oldest family member, which is my grandfather who's 90, down to the youngest family member, which is my son Andrew who is five, or the opposite. The youngest will start and go to the oldest. And it's just a wonderful time for us to pause before we um, indulge ourselves in wonderful food to give thanks to God for all that he's done for us. I was just thinking about that this last week as I was with my family. I was thinking about what it would look like for us every day just to pause, just to give thanks to God, to live a life of thanksgiving. That's really what the goal should be for us, to live a life in which we're giving thanks to God. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Kind of feels strange not standing up and saying the Apostles' Creed. Some of you may be sad that we're not. Others may be glad that we're not. But um, that was a great series for us to do together. Today is going to be a sermon on Thanksgiving. Tonight will be a marvelous gathering for us. Well over 12 local churches will be here. Five different preachers from five different churches, denominations will be here to preach seven minute mini sermons from Psalm 100, music interspersed from other churches. Then we're going to have a time of reading Psalm 100 in different languages. We have different languages in Troop County, believers that are going to read Psalm 100 in Portuguese, in Spanish, in Korean. And in Romanian, it's going to be wonderful for us just to celebrate and give thanks to God together. But before we get to our passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8, there's a verse of thanksgiving that we should always remember. And it's this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Say all with me, all, all right? We give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God for Christ in Christ Jesus for you. And you may struggle to know what is God's specific will for your life. Where is he leading you um, this week or this year? I have a daughter who's in ninth grade. who's already looking and thinking about what she's going to uh, major in college, where she's going to go to school. That just seems so far away for me to think about for her. She's trying to figure that out already. That's tough decisions that we have to make in life. But we can know what God's will is, is for us every day. And that's to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Now, I have six lessons from this chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And here's the first truth. I'm going to share each kind of lesson and then read scripture and kind of work our way through the chapter. 
then I'll close with some application. Here's the first truth. Even in the hard times, we have much to be thankful for. Even in the hard times, we have very much to be thankful for. Look at the first six verses of Deuteronomy 8. Moses tells the children of Israel, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. That you may live and multiply and go and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So shall you keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. The 40 years that Israel spent in the wilderness was not a happy time for them. It was a time of testing. It was a time of discipline, these verses say, that God disciplined them for their sin. Even as a father disciplines his son, God disciplined his son, Israel, in the wilderness. It was a time of humbling. Isn't it hard to get humbled by God? It's tough. This was not an easy time. This was a hard time for a long period of time, 40 years for the nation of Israel. But despite all of that, they still had much to be thankful for. Notice in verse 2, and you shall remember what? To remember God is to give thanks to God for what he did, for how he led them through that wilderness, how he provided food for them. How he sustained them physically. Their clothing supernaturally lasted. Their feet, though they were walking on them a lot, didn't swell. God protected them from their enemies. There was so much they could be thankful for. And even in the hard times, if we really look to God and honestly look at our situation, we can't always find reasons to give thanks. I shared this last Thanksgiving, but I wanted to share it again. Matthew Henry, you may have read his commentary. It's a free public domain type of commentary. He was a Puritan, Bible scholar. One time he was robbed. We're going to skip ahead of that. We'll come back and look at Job in just a minute, Ricky. So let's look at that, that illustration from Matthew Henry. There's the prayer list. I keep the prayer list in my Bible. I prayed this morning for all of you. So um, he got robbed, and this is what he said. He said, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, so I guess men can have purses back then, right? Although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. Fourth, because it was I who was robbed not I who robbed. 
He found four reasons to give thanks to God after he had been robbed. But there's someone in the Bible who experienced even greater hardship, trial, testing, struggle, and his name was Job. And I thank God for his story in the Bible. So after he lost so much, all that he had, his family, his possessions, this is what he says in Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. The Bible says, Then Job arose and tore his robe. And that's a sign of contrition. When they would tear their robes, it's a sign of humility and contrition. And shaved his head. That too is a sign of contrition and humility. And fell on the ground and complained, no, and worshiped, the Bible said. He worshiped. He worshiped God. Verse 21, and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So Job, like many in the Old Testament, had a view of God, of his absolute sovereignty over all things. And he did not blame God. He acknowledged God gives, God takes away. He did no wrong. Instead, he worshipped and he blessed God. He blessed him. He thanked him. He worshipped him in the hard times. Even in the hard times. We have much to be thankful for. Matthew Henry thanked God for the things that didn't happen to him in his being robbed. Job thanked God in the midst of what had happened to him. Second truth. When we give thanks, we give credit to the one responsible for our blessings. When we give thanks... We give credit to the one responsible for our blessings. Look back at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 through 10. We'll keep going through the passage. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Now, this is a contrast, right, from the verses we just read. They're being tested. They're being humbled. They're being disciplined, but now the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive trees and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you'll lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. So there's the blessings they're going to receive, the material blessings of the promised land. And twice we're told in verses 7 through 10 that it's the Lord who gave them this blessing. Verse 7, for the Lord your God is bringing you. They're not there yet. They're right there on the border of the promised land. Moses is giving them his final speech before he will die and before Joshua will then take them into that land. The Lord your God is doing this. Verse 10, 
after you eat and are full, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. You know, every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes down from the Father of lights. James 1, 17. Here's what's bad, though. When we fail to give God credit for our blessings, we rob Him of His glory that He so deserves, and we rob ourselves and turn into these self-centered people. It's a bad thing to not give God thanks for all that He's done for us. Number three. So let's recap. Number one was, even in the hard times, we've much to be thankful for. That's true for all times. In all circumstances, we can give thanks. Two, when we give thanks, we give credit to the one who's responsible for our blessings. He is the one who brings us the blessings. Three, when we fail to obey the Lord, then we will forget the Lord. Look at verse 11. So he's just said, when you eat and are full, bless the Lord your God for giving you this land. Take care, he says, verse 11, lest you forget the Lord your God. And how do you forget the Lord your God? He says, by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. When you study the law of Moses, it can be complex and confusing for our modern ears to hear. But they had multiple festivals that every year they were to celebrate, to remember their God, what He had done for them. It was important for them to obey God that they might not forget God. In Luke 17, we read about these ten lepers who come near to Jesus, they cry out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy, heal us. Jesus tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. He, he heals them, but only one of those lepers actually comes back to Jesus to thank him. Only one gave thanks and gave credit to God for his healing blessing. When we fail to give thanks to God, because to give thanks to God is to be obedient to Him. We're commanded to give thanks to God. When we fail to obey God by giving thanks to Him, then we will forget the Lord. We're commanded to give thanks. Two scriptures, Psalm 105, verse 1. It's an imperative, right? We learned this in English many years ago, some of us, right? What's the subject of this sentence? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. The Lord's not the subject. You, that's the subject. You, he says, give thanks to the Lord. It's an imperative. What else? We're to call upon his name in prayer and praise. Make known his deeds among the peoples. We're to let other people know all that God has done. We're to give him thanks. Psalm 105 verse 1. Psalm 107 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Again, we're commanded, give thanks to God. Why? Because He is good for His mercy or His steadfast love or loyal love or loyal loving kindness. That wonderful Hebrew word there. Why? It endures forever. We're commanded 
to give thanks. We must obey the Lord because when we don't follow what God has told us to do, we start living our lives for ourselves and we forget about God. The fastest way for us to be centered on what the Lord has done and who he is is to give him thanks. Is to pause and give him thanks. That's the whole goal for these devotionals that your staff has written for you as a church to read. We just want you in these weeks leading up to Christmas just to pause for a moment and refresh yourself in God's presence. Read his word. Think about what his word says. Then pray and give thanks to him. That's the whole goal. To prepare our hearts for Christmas. So when we fail to obey the Lord, we'll forget the Lord. Number four, a danger of living in God's blessings is forgetting the Lord. A danger in living in God's blessings is forgetting the Lord. Look at verses 12 through 16. He says, take care, verse 11, lest you forget the Lord your God. Verse 12, lest... When you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. You see... The farther we get from that place where God pulls us up out of that pit, unless we continue to give thanks to God and remember as we sang together the works of his hands, we'll forget. The more prosperous we become, the farther away from that moment in time that God reached down and healed us, that God reached in and delivered us, that God reached into our lives and lifted us up, the farther we get from that moment, the easier it is to forget. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And this, these verses, verses 12 through 16, I mean, they're about to enter into a new phase where they have plenty to eat, plenty of, of homes to live in, no scarcity, blessing, abundance. He says, watch out. Don't forget that God led you out of slavery, that the Lord your God provided for you and led you through this terrifying wilderness. At Thanksgiving with Jennifer's parents, after our meal, her dad pulled out a newspaper and said, we're going to do some Thanksgiving trivia. That's the first time we've ever done that, Thanksgiving trivia. Thankfully, it was multiple choice, right? So we all played it. My wife, Jennifer, won it. She's a smart lady. She won it. And um, it was some tough questions about Thanksgiving, about the history of it. But one question that really jumped out at me, it was a question about 
the percentage of the pilgrims that actually died in their trek from, from Europe to Plymouth. It was a huge percentage. So we shouldn't be surprised that after losing their loved ones, after making their way across the ocean, after finding a place to settle and having food to eat and enduring that tough time that they were so quick to give God thanks for his blessing. It was fresh to them. How fresh is God's deliverance to you and to me? The only way it can stay fresh, two ways. One is for God to allow us to be tested again and again and again to have to call upon him. And that will grow us faster than anything else. None of us want it, but God lets it happen time and time again. But secondly, when we're on the mountaintop and things are going well, we just remember. We don't want to forget everything about the past. We want to remember, God, this is what you did for me. This is how you led me, God. I want to thank you for what you've done. Don't forget God's blessings in your life. Don't let your blessings and all that you have distance you from God's blessing in your life. Because giving thanks to the Lord is one of the greatest means to help us remember God's faithful working in our lives and in our nation. Number five, giving thanks to the Lord guards us against taking credit for the blessings that we have. Look at verses 17 through 18. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And until you run out of power, it's very easy to think that we've got all this power and all this ability ourselves. A good bout of sickness has a way of humbling us and helping us realize I'm just kind of one breath away, really, from massive sickness and weakness. It's God who's given me the power. And by giving him thanks... That guards me against taking credit. Look at the blessings that I have. Look at my home. Look at my family. I worked hard for it. It's the American dream, right? And we should want to work hard and achieve and accomplish. But look out, America. Look out, First Baptist. Look out, Pastor Cade. If you think it's your own hands that did this, no, God gives the power. God gives the blessing. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. When God's removed, then we become a self-centered society. Humanistic. Look at all that we've done. Instead of saying, look at all that God has done for us. Number six, forgetting the Lord our God is a very dangerous thing to do. Why is giving thanks a command? Because the opposite, forgetting Him, is dangerous. 
Look at verses 19 through 20, the last two verses of the chapter. And if you forget the Lord your God, Israel, he says, and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. It's dangerous to forget God. It's dangerous. It, it provides an opportunity for you and I to go after other gods. Success, money, physical well-being. Whatever God we're so tempted by the world to go after it will lead us to destruction. It's dangerous to forget God. Oh, that we would trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge Him. That's Thanksgiving. All of our ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct our paths. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. So how do we become people who live this kind of life of thanksgiving? How can we become Not like the people of Israel because they're going to fail. And Moses warned them. And they don't listen. And God's warning us. And I pray we listen. How do we become the kind of people who consistently give thanks to the Lord? Two kind of closing truths of application. First, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit continually. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You know, there's some verses in the Bible that we just need to keep going back to time and time and time again. And this is one of those verses. At least it's one of those verses for me. I need to be reminded, even this morning, I need to be reminded that I need to be filled with the Spirit, controlled by God. Let His presence control me and guide me and immerse myself in Him. Look at verse 18. Ephesians 5, and do not get drunk with wine, the Bible says. For that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always. And for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all want that in verse 20, right? That we're giving thanks to God always and for everything. We all want to have the kind of life, verse 19, where we're, there's a song in our heart that we're constantly just singing praise to God in our hearts. We're walking with Him. We have this living water flowing through us. How do we get this kind of attitude of thanksgiving? Verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine. But be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be guided by the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Controlled by the Spirit. Baptized in the Spirit. Immersed with the Spirit's power, His attributes to let God be in us, living His life through us. If we're filled with the Spirit, we'll give thanks to God all the time. If we're not filled with the Spirit, 
we'll give thanks to ourselves all the time and live for ourselves. The very opposite. We'll forget about the Lord our God and not obey his commands and we'll wander and we'll chase other gods and we will perish. We must be filled with the Spirit continually. Two, we often think of thanksgiving, we often think of material blessings and we should thank God for those. But number two, no matter what we're facing, we can always do this. Remember the spiritual blessings that God has given us. Remember the spiritual blessings. Now, now turn back a couple chapters in Ephesians to chapter 1. I'm not going to read all of verses 3 through 14. But you can read those this week. Look at verse 3 though. Blessed be the God and Father. So to bless God is to thank God. I give you praise. I give you thanks God the Father. Paul writes of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every Say every with me. Every spiritual blessing. Every single spiritual blessing that we need is found in God, our Father. In the heavenly places. And then he goes through these verses beautifully. Let's, let's skip down, Ricky, to the bullet points. These are in your bulletin insert as well. God's given us every spiritual blessing. He's chosen us. He's made us holy and blameless. He's adopted us as his children in Jesus Christ. He's redeemed us through the blood of Jesus. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. And he's redeemed us and forgiven us. How? Why? According to his grace that he's lavished on us, the Bible says here. He's made known to us the mystery of his will. He has given us an inheritance. He's sealed us with his spirit. We could spend all our lives on these spiritual blessings. The world could be falling apart. Everything could be crumbling. And we can say, God, I'm your child. God, I am in Christ. My sins are forgiven. Thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you that no matter what happens in my life, that I have an inheritance. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. God, I'm scared of what's happening to my memory, what's happening to my body. God, I'm afraid. God, I'm worried. I'm concerned about this world for my children and grandchildren. But God, I want to say thanks to you for every spiritual blessing that is mine in Jesus Christ. Amen. God is good. We can always thank him for his spiritual blessings in our lives. Last scripture, Psalm 75 verse 1. I love this. This is what's going to happen tonight as we gather at 6 p.m. in this place to give thanks. We, together, we're all giving thanks together. Say this out loud with me, okay? Not the psalm of Asaph, but that we give thanks. Say it with me. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Say it again with me. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Pray with me. Oh Lord, I want to live a life of thanksgiving. But I can't do it apart from the work of your spirit. Because God, my nature, my sin nature is one of selfishness. I want to take credit, Lord, for myself, what I've done. But Lord, that's not how we're to live as Christians. If we call ourselves Christians, 
And we've been crucified. Our flesh has been nailed to the cross with Jesus. And we're to crucify ourselves and let your spirit reign and rule in us that we might be people who give you thanks in all things. God, let us live those kind of lives of thanksgiving. Let us be known as a church that is always giving you praise and giving you thanks no matter what we see, no matter what we are experiencing, God. That is the greatest witness. It is the greatest testimony. Just think of the millions of believers who have been touched and encouraged and strengthened by Job, who in the midst of his suffering worshiped you, God, and thanked you, God, and loved you, God. Even Jesus, through his suffering on the cross, Gave glory to you, God, and he gave himself to you, God, and trusted you, Lord. Help us to be that kind of person, even in the hard times that will give you thanks. Lord, help us not to forget about you. Help us to obey you. Help us to give you credit, Lord. Help us not to take credit for ourselves. It's dangerous for us to forget. Help us to give thanks gladly and regularly, God. Fill us with your spirit afresh and anew that we might have songs in our hearts, songs of thanksgiving, songs of joy that will always be giving thanks because we remember every spiritual blessing that is ours in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.